In episode 36 of the Guitar Music Theory podcast, I talk about music intervals and why every guitarist needs to know them. Well, greetings, guitar engineers. Welcome to the Guitar Music Theory Podcast. I am your host, Desi Serna. Today, we're going to talk some music theory. Specifically, we're going to talk about music intervals. I'm going to explain what they are and how guitar players use them to communicate with other musicians, to navigate the fretboard, and just to understand uh, music better. And if this music theory information sounds like something you'd like to learn more about, you can go to my website, guitarmusictheory.com, and you can enroll in my free music theory course. It's kind of like a primer to the larger fretboard theory uh, video series that I uh, sell. So it's a good opportunity for you to get introduced to some ideas and get started on some things for free. And uh, if you like it and you would like to um, go deeper into it, then um, you could consider getting uh, my larger fretboard theory video course. But definitely start with the free course. Just go to guitarmusictheory.com, click on the option for the free music theory course, and you can get started today. All right, so let's dive right in. And by the way, today I am playing through my Kemper profiling amplifier. And the guitar I'm using is a uh, PRS SE Mira. I think that's how it's pronounced M I R A. So um, I'm lucky enough that because uh, of all of the content that I create, um, PRS will loan me some guitars. So I actually have this on loan. They offered to loan it to me, and uh, it's this cool blue guitar. And so it's kind of fun little um, thing for me to play on here um, today. Anyway, let's get talking about intervals. So um, an interval is the distance between two pitches. Distance is measured by the major scale because the major scale is the measuring stick of music. All right, so to understand intervals, you need to start with the major scale. I'm going to play a C major scale. I'm beginning on the sixth string up at the eighth fret. Here's a C major scale. And if you wanted to follow along with your guitar, you could do the same thing and you can play any major scale pattern. It doesn't matter. played a couple different uh, C major scale patterns, but if you're listening to this audio, it all sounded the same to you because it's all the same notes. So the major scale is the measuring stick in music, and it is what we use to measure distances between pitches. So to get started with intervals and to understand them, you start with the major scale and you understand the distances between the notes in the major scale. So for example, the distance between the first note and the second note is a second, or it's a second interval, or you could just say it's a second. That's a second interval. It happens to be a whole step. I'm moving up a whole step. If you think about playing a major scale, you start in your uh, tonic pitch and you go up a whole step. The distance between the first note and the third note in the scale 
is a third or a third interval. Now I'm going up two whole steps. So that distance in music is called a third. You could actually describe it a couple different ways on guitar. You could say, so I'm going from C to E. So I could say I'm going up one, two, three, four frets. Or I could say I'm going up two whole steps. A whole step uh, on the guitar is two frets. Um, I suppose I could say I'm going up four half steps. Right? Um, or you could just simply say I'm going up a third. So that particular distance has its own name. It's called a third. And then so on up the scale. So if I go to the fourth degree, that's the fourth degree. So that's a fourth interval. I could say I'm going up two and a half steps. But it's easier to just say a fourth. I'm going up a fourth. All right, let's keep going. Uh, next would be the fifth interval. I could say that I'm going up, uh, well, in, in this case, I would be, be going up uh, three and a half steps, right? One, two, three, three and a half steps. But, you know, at some point, like, you know, whole steps and half steps, there's just too many of them to keep track of in, in your head, you know. There, it's useful to, to communicate that way if you're talking about just a few steps here and there. But as the distances be between notes gets greater, it makes more sense to just say, go up a fifth. Rather than saying, you know, go up three and a half steps, something like that. And a fifth is something that uh, guitar players should be very familiar with because when you put a root and fifth together you make the so-called power chord. That's a root and a fifth. One, two, three, four, five. That's a fifth interval. We'll keep going. Next is the sixth. I could say that I'm going up, you know, what, uh, is this four and a half steps now? Um, but that's just, it's just easier to say a sixth. So that's a sixth interval. Um, and uh, finally, we have the seventh interval. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So that's a seventh interval distance between these two notes could be described in different ways. You could talk about how many frets you're going up or how, or, or how many steps you're going up, but it has its own, uh, its own name. It's a seventh. So no reason to count any steps or any, any fret numbers. It's a seventh. And, uh, as a guitar player or as a musician, musician in general, musicians, uh, should understand these intervals as units of measurement themselves. Just like if you're working in carpentry, you're not going to always describe everything in inches, right, or centimeters or, or whatever. You're going to talk about feet. You're going to talk about maybe yards. You can talk about meters and so on. 
as the distance distances get greater, you're going to use different units of measurement that make more sense for that amount of distance. So the same is true um, in music. So when you're moving this high, we call that a seventh. More specifically, it's a major seventh. It's a seventh that occurs in the major scale. And that completes the seven notes of the major scale because after that, if I go up from here, I'm on C again in the next register. And that has a name too. It's called an octave, right? So started on C and then there's C in the next register and the scale would uh, repeat in the next register and you know, C to D is a second interval and C to E. All right, so that's a brief introduction to the basics of intervals. But now I want to take some time to explain why this is useful to uh, musicians. <clears throat> there are several reasons why musicians uh, learn intervals and why it's part of our vernacular. So let me just give you some examples. So number one, um, you learn intervals so you can easily express the distance between two pitches. So let me give you an example. Let's say that you and I were going to play the song California Girls by the, by the Beach Boys. Uh, we're going to play it in the key of C. And uh, you needed me to teach you how to play the bass line that goes like this. So I could explain the notes that I'm playing in uh, different ways. So, for example, I could just name the notes. I could say, well, I'm playing C, G, A, G. And if you knew the notes on the fretboard, then uh, you could figure it out. Maybe you don't know the notes uh, that well, and so you'd say, I'm not sure where those notes are at. So I could say, okay, well, play, you know, string six at the eighth fret, and then play, you know, string five at the tenth fret, and then play string four at the seventh fret. So I could explain it uh, that way. Or I could say, you know, start on C, and go up seven frets, right? Something like that. Or I could say, you know, uh, start on C and go up three and a half steps. That puts you on G. Or finally, I could simply just tell you the intervals. I can say play a root, a fifth, and a sixth. So when you understand the intervals, it makes it real easy to discuss distances uh, uh, between pitches. The next reason why uh, musicians learn intervals is because it helps you understand chord construction. And you can get to know what all those little numbers next to chord names mean. So, for example, um, if you were playing a chord, which is built from 1, 3, 5. Well, first of all, if you're not familiar with how chord construction works, um, it all involves intervals and stacking notes from, from the scale. Your most basic type of chord is a triad, and it uses the first, third, and fifth from a scale. It's a C major triad and a C major chord. 
And if you wanted to play other types of chords, like maybe a C sus4, I could say, well, change 135 to 145. Or I could say, hey, leave the fifth out and just play, you know, the first and the third. Something like that. Or I could say, yeah, we're going to play a major seven, so stack the chord 1357. So knowing intervals enables you to understand chord construction, and you can you know, go beyond just your basic major and minor chords. You can get to know what it means to add in a second or a fourth or a seventh um, or a ninth. That all refers to uh, scale degrees. And so when you understand this, uh, you can make sense of this stuff on the fretboard. You can communicate this stuff with other musicians better. The next reason why musicians learn intervals is so they can chart chord movement and chord progression. So, you know, think about when you hear musicians say, say stuff like one four five, one five six four. They are talking about intervals. They're talking about how chords move through the different degrees of the. Uh, scale. So, for example, let's take some common 1-4-5 songs. How about the song Twist and Shout in the key of D? Or how about the song La Bamba in the key of C? Or how about Wild Thing in the key of A? So these songs use different chords in different keys, but the interval structures are the same. They all start on a tonic uh, chord, and then they move up a fourth, and then they move up a fifth. That's twist and shout in the key of A. If I go back to La Bamba in the key of C, it started on a different pitch, different chord, but the interval structure is the same. The distance between the chords is the same. You had a root, and you went up a fourth and a fifth. The same with twist and shout. It starts on D, and it goes up to a fourth and a fifth. So knowing intervals enables you to see how the relationship between these chords is the same in each song. So if you've ever wondered how some musicians can play by ear so well, it's due in part to them picking up on these common patterns in music. You know, playing by when it comes to playing by ear, knowing where to look is half the battle. So when you st understand intervals, it helps you kind of map out how music works. Well, specifically on the fretboard to you as a guitar player, but all musicians would study intervals because all musicians are going to understand how music is structured based on uh, based on these intervals. And this just helps you um, pick up on common patterns in music, see the similarities between songs uh, and chord progressions, and just organize uh, the, mus the, the information better so that you can better uh, make sense of it and keep track of things. All right, and one more reason why musicians 
learn intervals, or at least one more reason that I'm going to give you now. There are others, but one more reason is to play what are called harmonic intervals, such as playing in thirds. I'm going to play the key of G here. So harmonic intervals are when you would play the intervals together, like this. One, three. And I can actually move in the scale and play in what's called thirds. And um, oftentimes, parts and songs that you play are based on this idea of playing in thirds. And the probably best example I can give you of that is Brown Eyed Girl by Van Morrison. So that first part there includes part of the G major scale in thirds and then part of the C major scale in thirds. And I could give you many um, other examples of playing harmonic intervals, but I'll just leave it at that. So that's my reason number four. Uh, intervals are actually used to play uh, harmonized parts and to play uh, parts that could be a, um, you know, a, a hook or a, a melody uh, or a riff or that sort of thing. So anyway, long story short, you want to learn intervals because intervals help you understand how music works. They help you communicate with other musicians, and they help you see how music is laid out on the fretboard. So it helps you navigate the fretboard. All right. Now, right now, you might be thinking, okay, I understand how you can get, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven from the major scale. But what about when you hear about, you know, flat intervals or minor intervals or something like that? Where did those come from? So let's get to that. But before we do, why don't we review... What I talked about uh, earlier, I'm going to go back to the key of C. So from one to two is a, a second interval. And we have a third interval, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and then octave. Those are both uh, C notes. And when you when you practice this, you can do what I just did there. It's nice to hear the interval from the the first starting pitch. So you want to hear notes from one, two, one, one, three, one, one, four, one, um, and so on. That's good for training your ear. It's also good for uh, mapping out the shapes that these intervals make on the fretboard. Because as guitar players, since you know the fretboard's a big grid. So everything becomes shapes and patterns to us. And so we will recognize things, uh, most of us will recognize things first and foremost by the shape, right? When I do something like this, when I come across a C and a G on the fretboard, immediately I think fifth interval. Why? Because that's the power chord shape, right? Or when I do something like this, immediately I think sixth interval. And it's not my ear that's identifying that immediately. It's my eyes and my hands identify that shape. You know, kind of in the same way that, you know, if you play a, an open position C chord, boom, immediately you recognize that as C, not because your ear is identifying it first, but because you're, you know that chord shape, right? So the, you want to get to know interval shapes that way um, too. Okay, so we just reviewed the intervals in the major scale. 
The major scale is the measuring stick in music. So distances between pitches are measured by the major scale. If a distance between two pitches um, is something other than an interval that would occur in the major scale, then you still think of it in relationship to the major scale. So let me explain what that means. I'm actually going to um, play um, a minor scale. So I'm going to switch from C major to C minor, and I'm going to play a C minor scale. This would be relative to an E flat major scale, but starting on the sixth degree uh, C. C Aeolian mode, but it's better known as C natural minor, and you can just say C minor, and that implies um, uh, natural minor. Um, so let's go through and, and uh, identify the intervals here, because the structure of the minor scale is different from, uh, from the major scale. So we start on C. Well, nothing different so far, right? Both the major scale and the, and the minor scale start on C. Okay, the next note is D. Okay, nothing different here because the second note was D in the uh, C major scale too. And that distance, which is a whole step, is a second. So we've got, you know, our starting note. Then we have a second interval. But the next note, E flat in the C minor scale, this is different. The C major scale had an E natural, but the C minor scale has a... Flat. So the third note in the C minor scale is one fret lower than what occurred in the C major scale. So we would call that a flat third. The C major scale has what we would call a major third. And you could simply just call that a third. You don't have to say major. The C minor scale has a has a flat third in it. You could also call that a minor th a minor third. So when you're in the key of C, the E flat note is a uh, flat third away or flattened third or minor third away. So, so far, the structure of the C minor scale is one, two, flat three. And if we keep going, the next note is F. That's a fourth interval, just like we had in the major scale, so nothing different there. Uh, the fifth note is G. That's a fifth interval. It makes a power chord just like we had in the major scale, so nothing has changed there. So one, two, flat, three, four, five. Here's the sixth note in the minor scale. That's an A flat note, and that's different than what occurred in the major scale. The C major scale actually had an A natural. There's A natural. There's A flat, and the C minor scale has A flat. So we call that a flat sixth, or you could also call it a minor sixth if you wanted to. So back to the beginning. We have one, two, flat three, four, five, flat six. Here is the uh, seventh note in the C major scale. It's B flat, and it is one note lower than what occurred in the C major scale. The C major scale had a B natural in it. Whoops. There it is. There's the B natural. And the 
minor scale has B flat. So guess what that's called? A flat seventh, or you could call it a minor seventh. So we've got one, two, flat three, four, five, flat six, flat seventh, and then we're on the octave. So that's how the structure of the minor scale works, and that's where you get flat intervals. So even though we're in a minor key here, C minor, the major scale is still the measuring stick in music, and so we identify things according to how it relates to the major scale because these particular intervals were one fret lower than what occurred in the major scale. We call them flat intervals. Let's go through it again just so um, since I know that most of you are listening to this without a guitar in hand. We could use this as an opportunity to train your ear a little bit too. So let's go through it. That's a C minor chord. There's our tonic pitch. There's the second. And then here's the third. Sometimes you can play little games with yourself where you play um, pieces of a melody or maybe I like to play a riff, um, you know, or something uh, just to associate some intervals like, you know, um, uh, Sunshine of Your Love comes to mind. This is the blues scale. I'm going to talk about that in a minute, but it's not in this key. But if it were at the very end there, that's one flat three. example of uh, just uh, associating that interval with something familiar. That's a flat third there. I'm also thinking of, a, is it a Black Sabbath song? Like The Wizard or something like that. I like to, you know, um, relate everything to songs. Uh, or obviously the fifth interval is always your, your power chord. Or if you you know, use the, uh, you know, the first note, the fifth, and the sixth, you get the, a little bit of kind of crazy train, if you're familiar with that riff. So that's going to use a, a minor tonic pitch, a fifth, and the flat seventh, you know. So as you learn riffs, this is why I always tell students, hey, learn some riffs and solos and melodies from familiar songs, because that's what really helps things stick and and as you learn those songs give some thought to them think about you know if you're playing a riff instead of just memorizing the frets and the notes that, you know that you're playing think about what key you're in what scale you might be using in this case it's actually the minor blues scale think about some of those you know intervals think to yourself I end with the root, minor third, root. That way, you just you understand 
the song more than simply just memorizing the frets. And you have some way to organize that information. And also it means that you might be listening to a new song in the radio and you hear da, 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 and you're like, oh, that's a, that's a root in a minor third, you know. Um, you will help your ear recognize things when you spend time on the fretboard mapping this stuff, uh, mapping this stuff out. So I mapped out the C major scale. That's the measuring stick. We took a look at how we would, what the structure of the minor scale is in intervals. Let's take a look at the pentatonic scale because um, it is such a widely uh, used scale. So I'm still in C. I'll start with C major pentatonic. My Girl by The Temptations, that riff goes straight up the C major pentatonic scale. C major is relative, of course, to A minor pentatonic, if that helps you find the right patterns. So I'm starting on C. Uh, the next note in the C major pentatonic scale, it only has five notes, by the way. It has fewer notes than the, uh, the major scale. But the major scale is the measuring stick of music. So C is our starting note. The next note in the C major pentatonic is D. That's a second. Then we have C. Oh, excuse me, then we have E. That's a major third. The next note in the C major pentatonic is G. That's a fifth. Um, notice that there's no fourth interval in the pentatonic scale. Uh, so we've got a root or tonic or one, whatever you want to call it, a second, a major third, I can just say third, a fifth, next we have a sixth, and then there's no seventh in the major pentatonic scale. That's it. We've covered the five tones of the pentatonic, and then you'd be on the next, uh, in the, in the, the uh, next register. So... So maybe you never thought about this before, but the major pentatonic is like a major scale without a fourth and without a seventh. So that is the structure of the um, of the uh, major pentatonic. Now, let's say you wanted to play the major blues scale. That's when you would go. sound. Let's take a look at that. So you've got a root C, D is your second, E is the third, but I put a note in between there. So that note in between, in this case it's an E flat, is actually a minor third or a flattened third. So when you play the C major pentatonic blues scale, you have a minor third in there and also a major third. And then you have a fifth and a sixth. Um, and that's one of the things that makes that C major pentatonic blues scale sound bluesy because you have that minor major third thing happening there. Scale. So that's its structure. One, two, 
flat three, three, five, six. All right, how about the C minor pentatonic? You're probably more familiar with the minor pentatonic. Let's take a look at its structure. It starts on C, and then it goes straight up to the minor third, E flat. So there's no second. There's no second interval in the uh, pentatonic scale. Let me explain something really quick so you don't get confused. When you're playing the pentatonic scale in a, in a pentatonic scale pattern, you might think of C as the first note in the pattern. E flat is the second note in the pattern. F is the third note in the pattern, and so on. If you're if you're, you're counting the notes in the pattern, that's one way you could view the scale. But when you're talking about music intervals and you're talking about musical structure, the distances between pitches, C is one, E flat, while it might be the second note you play when you play a pentatonic pattern, the distance between C and E flat is a minor third interval in music. That distance is a minor third. Keep going in the C minor pentatonic scale. The next note is F. That's a fourth. F might be the third note in the C minor pentatonic pattern that I play, but the distance between the first note C and F is a fourth interval. And then next, G is the next note in the C minor pentatonic scale. C to G is a fifth. is the next note in the C minor pentatonic scale and C to B flat is a flat seventh or minor seventh and then you have your uh, you return turn to your first note an octave higher so the structure or the scale formula that's another uh, term that is used the scale formula of the C minor pentatonic scale is one flat three four five flat seven. One, flat three, four, five, flat seven. And then it just repeats in the next octave. One, flat three, four, five, flat seven, and so on. How about the minor pentatonic blues scale? If I play the uh, C minor pentatonic blues scale, I add in that chromatic passing tone. In this case, that note comes right in between the fourth and the fifth. That's four, five, and if I put a note in between, it's right in between. So we already know that the uh, structure of the minor pentatonic is one, flat three, four, five, flat seven. So if I put a note in between four and five, I can either call it a sharp fourth, meaning one, one, one fret higher than a fourth, or I could call it a flat fifth, meaning one lower than a fifth. And you probably hear musicians refer to it uh, both ways, and um, it, it's, it's the same thing. They are enharmonic, meaning same thing, sharp fourth, flat fifth, uh, same thing. I usually hear people refer to it as a flat fifth. I used that earlier when I played a little bit of um, Sunshine of Your Love here in the key of C. 
Aqualong, which is not in this key, but that's the riff. And that's five, one, flat three, four, sharp four, or flat five, back to four. That's how you would uh, describe that. So once again, the structure of the minor pentatonic blues scale is one, flat three, four, sharp four, or flat fifth, fifth. All right, well, this completes your crash course on intervals. There is, of course, more for you to learn about intervals, but for now, you at least know the basics. You can review by playing the major scale on your guitar and looking at the distances from the first note to the second note, first note to the third note, and so on. Then you can play the minor scale, and you can look at the flattened or the minor intervals. And if you want to work with intervals more, and see how they relate to chord construction, chord progressions, modes, composition techniques, and more. Take a look at my fretboard theory books and videos. You can get a taste of what my fretboard theory video series is like by going to my website, guitarmusictheory.com, and enrolling in my free music theory course. It's kind of like a primer to the larger, more comprehensive fretboard theory a video course. So if you think that might be something you're interested in, enroll in the free course, take a look at the things that I teach, and if you find those things helpful and you want to go deeper uh, into those things, then uh, you know that investing in the uh, full fretboard theory video course would be worth it. It's a pretty comprehensive course. It, it includes a lot of video and added uh, resources. So go to guitarmusictheory.com and get enrolled in the free course if you're not already enrolled. And if you are already a fretboard theory video enrollee, well then, you've got everything you need to unravel all of the mysteries of music and figure out how your favorite songs are played. And of course, this podcast just helps you reinforce everything that I demonstrate for you in the videos while you are on the move. It's so great to listen to just the audio. So anyway, hey, if you're a... Um, if you're a fan of this podcast and you have not yet rated it or left me a positive review, would you please take a few moments uh, and do that? Um, depending on where you are listening to it at, you can find it on iTunes and Stitcher and where all all the popular places where podcasts are found. You can find it. You can leave. Uh, you can leave a review and you can rate it, and I would appreciate that. Hey, thanks for listening, Guitar Engineers. I'm Desi Serna. The website is guitarmusictheory.com. If you got any questions or comments or requests, send them to Desi at guitarmusictheory at guitarmusictheory.com. It may just be easier to pull up my website and click on the contact link. So, all right. Hey, thanks for listening, and stay tuned because there's more coming.